Today in the Chokeslam Wrestling Report, we are in WrestleMania weekend, so we are going to be talking about WrestleMania Night 1, my opinions, and what I saw last night. Yes, I saw WrestleMania last night. Uh, there was nothing going on on TV besides the Final Four, so I'm going to give you my opinion of that. We're going to be talking a little bit about what Minoru Suzuki did this past weekend, an accomplishment that hasn't been done by any wrestlers that I know of. And then we're going to be talking a little bit about AEW, a little bit about Ring of Honor Supercard. We're going to have that and much more on the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. Top guy in. Here we go. Welcome to another episode of the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. I am the infamous ultimate one from New York City. And we're going to be talking about a little bit about WrestleMania, what I saw last night. Um, I usually be like, I don't want to deal with WrestleMania because, I mean, according to me, and this is just my opinion, a lot of people don't have to agree with it. You look at the car last night and you say to yourself, I don't want to watch this. But there were some matches there that I think that they did accomplish what they were supposed to do. Um, one of the matches that I liked was the Becky Lynch versus uh, Bianca Belair. Again, Bianca Belair uh, giving a performance like she did last year with Sasha Banks. Uh, and the only thing I don't like about Bianca Belair is, the, and it's not her fault because I know this is the writing team behind her. She makes herself look like she's uh, the the person who is always overcoming the odds, which is a good thing for, I guess, for young little girls who look up to her and see what she's made of. And I, I see where they're trying to go with that. But her and Becky Lynch went at it. Becky Lynch, first of all, Becky Lynch's outfit last night was horrendous. And all, what's with all that red makeup she had on her face? I don't know what she, she was trying to do with that. But um, but that match was the match that stole the show last night. Again, a woman's match stealing WrestleMania, uh, stealing the show of WrestleMania again for the second year in a row. Last year was Bianca and Sasha. Um, I was happy for Bianca to win the belt. They did her dirty in SummerSlam by bringing Becky Lynch back. Um, and to me. That was a that was a, a slap to the face for Bianca Belair, who was just trying to have a a, a stride or try to have a a title reign that's memorable. But when they did her dirty like that for twenty six seconds, a lot of people were pissed off. But of course, you know WWE don't care about the fans how they feel, whatever. They'll drag this as long as they can. But they did the right thing last night. I, I can probably can't believe I'm even saying that they did. They did do the right thing. But the, uh, one of the matches that I said to myself was pretty much not a lot of storyline behind it. I think it was the Uso versus Nakamura and Books. And Books, what was Books trying to do? Why is this man doing strength challenge? And now his quad went out because he tried to pick up both Usos and his, you know, 
his knee, uh, his knee and his quad went on. Now he has to have surgery. He's gonna be out for a while. He may be out eight to nine months. So that's not a good thing for Nakamura because now they, you know, they are a tag team. So now Nakamura is gonna get lost in the shuffle and whatnot unless they team him up with someone else. Um, you know, that could happen. That match between the Usos and Boogs and Nakamura was decent. I can't say it was garbage. It was decent. I just didn't don't get what was Boogs doing all this test of strength type of stuff. I understand that guy is a big guy. He, you could tell he, he's still green. I don't care what anyone tells me about that. That man is green. He is big, strong. That's good, but he has no wrestling abilities to, as far as technical wise. Uh, strength. I mean, he's a big guy, but then again, WWE likes those big guys. They're not into the, you know, technical guys or whatever. Um, so. That one, you know, I feel bad for Books because he's going to be out for probably eight or nine months. He needs surgery. So that's going to be a while before he comes back. Uh, we saw Drew McIntyre against Baron Corbin. This feud has dragged for so long. Uh, of course, Drew McIntyre beat Baron Corbin. Uh, McIntyre got off from the end of days of Baron Corbin, which nobody has. But what I don't get is with this this thing where Drew McIntyre, he thinks he's Thor. Or he's some, I don't know what. But he cut down the damn ropes by trying to slice uh, Mars in half. Don't get it. Don't understand why. Now, the question is, what's going to be the deal with Drew McIntyre after this feud he had with, uh, with I guess, with Baron Corbin? So, Baron Corbin and Mars, and it looks like Baron Corbin and Mars are going to end up Feuding with each other because Mons was in the top in the ring apron at one point and it kind of cost Corbin the match. Um, another match I said that I saw uh, The Miz and Lo- uh, Paul Logan or John, well, Jason, whatever his name is, okay, against the Mysterios. I don't care about the Mysterios. I think they just overrated. Uh, you know, Dominic should have went to NXT. I still say that two, two years later. Um, but the, the biggest surprise, first of all, you have Logan and Miz, and Logan getting the win to top it off, to beat the Mysterios, and then for Miz to turn on Logan, trying to make Logan a babyface. This guy is the biggest a-hole in social media. And now WWE wants us to cheer for him against the Miz. Now, I don't know when Logan's going to come back, but most likely he'll probably come back at SummerSlam. I was talking to one of the guys from off, off the, I forgot the damn line podcast. Uh, I was with them last night um, in a group chat watching the WrestleMania um, off the top row podcast. That's the name of them. Um, so, like I said, they're going to bring him back for SummerSlam. Why? I mean, and, and and like I said, a lot of fans like this. I, I can't because it's just like there's no logic to it. You're trying, and I understand what WWE is trying to do, bringing new set of eyes into the product because they don't they they don't care about us, the wrestling fan, the professional wrestling fans, because they don't want us to criticize the the product or you know, but they want people who you know watch Disney or whatever has no idea how the wrestling business is run and how storylines are run. And they want you to see this. So uh, 
I first I said I remember telling the guys uh, I seen it, uh, either Dominic turning on his father, but uh, I mean, like I said, I don't follow WWE like that. I guess behind the scenes, Mysterio they didn't want that to happen, to have his son be trained or whatever. So instead, you have the Miz who's been catering Logan around for weeks for now to turn on him and whatnot. I I, I just don't get that part. Then we had the uh, again the Becky Lynch match. I know I'm missing a couple of matches, but the Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair, like I said, that was a good, good match. Uh, you know, you can't you can't ask for anything better than that. Uh, then you had the Becky Lynch. Then you had the Becky Lynch match. Uh, what else we had? The uh, yeah, and then right after that, I think they had, if I'm correct. Why is this all messed up here? But anyway. They had the Seth Rollins versus Cody. I knew Cody was coming, and and this is one of the part that um, I'll be talking about Cody. It was a decent match. Um, you know, it, it felt awkward, and I know WWE did this to stick it to AEW. And if you're saying no, that's not true. Think again. Think about the impact that was made last night by seeing Cody and coming out to. First of all, he came out to his theme entrance that he used in AEW. He's calling himself the American Nightmare still, and WWE is still going to use that. This is all to take a pot shot at AEW. You know what I'm saying? But it doesn't matter, because AEW right now, they're in a good spot. They don't need Cody Rhodes, um, so they got enough talent there to run that company, but, you know, uh, but that was a decent match between him and Seth Rollins. It was, it was a decent match. Uh, I just think that you're bringing a guy like Cody uh, back into the fold and have Seth Rollins lose at WrestleMania. Um, it's kind of where where is this gonna go? Um, so that was uh, something to talk about. Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey. I put this on my Twitter. You had Ronda Rousey win the Royal Rumble, the female Royal Rumble, uh, this past January. Where you could have used any other female that you have that you could have, uh, you know. Um, Rhea Ripley win it, uh, maybe uh, Naomi, any of those females. But you brought in Ronda Rousey because you wanted, again, have different set of eyes into the product, only to have Ronda Rousey lose to Charlotte Flair over a bump of the referee and Flair kicking the crap out of of Ronda Rousey to win the match. That was... A sour taste in my mouth. I mean, I really didn't care who won that match because you know these two women they wrestled. They put it was it was a decent match. I can't say it was garbage. It wasn't garbage. It was a decent. It wasn't better than the Bianca Becky Lynch, but I can say it probably was the third best match of the night there. Um, and and, and they I feel like they just ruined it. Everybody thinking that Ronda Rousey is going to be Charlotte Flair, and Charlotte Flair ends up beating Ronda Rousey. And my question is now, where does this go? Where does Ronda Rousey go from here? You know what I'm saying? Yes, Becky Lynch lost her belt. And the plan, um, there, there was rumors going around that the plan is to have Becky Lynch, um, you know, um, wrestle Ronda Rousey for next year's WrestleMania, for the titles. Uh, we're not going to get a Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen at all. There's, you can forget about that. But... Having that 
being said, um, you know, it just left a sour taste in my mouth. I would have loved Ronda Rousey to win the title. Um, and but again, the logic. You 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 go boom, 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 and you get stuck there. So so you basically wasted eight weeks of this uh segment with Flair and, and, and Rousey uh fighting each other in the parking lot, insulting each other, all this for Dan Charlotte Flair to beat Ronda Rousey. So you bring in a celebrity because Ronda Rousey is considered a celebrity. You know what I'm saying? She's considered a celebrity. No matter what anybody says, she is considered a celebrity. She comes from another, um, from UFC. She is was known as the baddest f- female uh, MMA fighter. She comes in. She has a great debut back a couple of years with her current against T- Triple H and Stephanie. Um, she has a nice little run for the title. She loses the title. She takes the time away. And then to come back because the only reason they brought her back, number one, they had, you know, they had let go almost every female wrestler in a roster in the last two years. So they didn't want to bring nobody from the NXT because, you know, NXT is just gutted out. And they were bringing all these divas, the Bella twins, who cares about that and all that stuff. And, you know, you, you bring Ronda Rousey to win the Royal Rumble because you didn't have faith on girls like Naomi, Natalia, uh, Tamina, uh, who else is there? That, um, that Rhea Ripley, uh, you know. You have all the female wrestlers in there and you don't want to give them the chance to strive because that's what it is. You, you only, right now, you focus on the four horsewomen, which is, uh, Becky Lynch, Charlotte, Bailey, and Sasha Banks. Now, Sasha Banks is part of, uh, I guess, tonight on the four-way tag team for the belts. Um, and it would be nice if Sasha Banks and Naomi win those belts. But, you know, we don't know. We definitely not going to be Selena Vega and Carmella winning that tonight. Because those, those two will be going at it for a while. There's going to be a breakup there. Now, again, where are you going to do with that? You see, like I said, you had a Selena Vega. You could have, you know, give Selena Vega a shot because she came back after all the nonsense. She was talking about union, whatever. You could have gave her that, but you didn't do that either. So I, I, I don't understand, you know, that whole concept. I don't understand. The uh, KO show was very interesting because I thought it was just going to be uh, just a talk situation. And then Stone Cold was done, Kevin Owens. But we actually had a match. A match between Stone Cold Steve Austin and Kevin Owens, anything goes. And I'm very I was very surprised to see Stone Cold Steve Austin taking hard bumps. He took he took a, a suplex outside. Um uh, he uh pretty much um he's I mean he suplexed Kevin Owens twice in the in, in the stage and he took chair shots, he took a stunner, which kind of surprised me. I haven't seen that since WrestleMania 17 when The Rock did it to him. Um so that was very surprised to see Stone Cold Steve Austin take all those bumps for almost 19 years. He has not wrestled. And I get it. I get it. You know, he started in Dallas, his wrestling career, and a good way to end his career in Dallas by beating Kevin Owens. And that probably is the end of that. Um, so that was pretty cool. 
Um, seeing Stone Cold Steve Austin, my fear was that he would probably get hurt or whatever, but he did pretty good. I, I can't, I can't, you know, snap on him on that. He did very well for his age. So we'll be right back. Talk more about WrestleMania. Hi, this is James Rodens from the WNR podcast, and you are listening to the Choke Slam Wrestling Report. And we're back. So let's talk a little bit about the Cody Rhodes entrance and oh not even entrance his uh his debut at wrestlemania that i i I pretty much uh was not surprised that it was him at first i thought well maybe he's not coming maybe he's showing up at raw um so those were the 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 spots or the thought process that i was having where when it came to cody you know um so let's talk about a little bit now Cody Rhodes, when he left in 2014, he was just a bitter guy because they had him doing the Stardust um, gimmick. He left, went to the independent scene, and he stood in the independent scene for six years. Uh, well, let's, let's say four years because uh, it's been almost three with AEW. AEW, I consider them uh, a top promotion. Now, seeing Cody Rhodes last night pretty much – uh, I decided, well, I guess that's the last time I see Cody Russell because I'm not going to follow him because I don't follow WWE. I, I really don't. I, unless it's a big news, I don't sit down and watch Raw. Uh, I'll, I'll probably go through some highlights to see if anything happened crazy. Other than that, I don't because um, WWE, what they do is give you the same matches every week. You know, you guys know that. Real Real professional wrestling fans would know this because they, if they watch, it's they still watch WWE even though they don't like it because they hoping some change. Well, you know that's not gonna happen. You're gonna see Cody Rhodes probably now in a few with Seth Rollins, uh, but I'll be watching tomorrow night to see if he comes out in the uh, beginning because that's what I'm waiting for. The beginning. I'm not gonna stay up to eleven to watch no. Cody come out and no 1045. Uh-uh. It ain't happening. I'll probably figure that out the, the day after. But seeing Cody last night pretty much says, I said to myself, well, it's sad to say, but this may be the last time I see Cody in a wrestling match. Um besides the one I saw last night, outside of WWE. Because now he's he already signed a multi-year contract, supposedly. Um you know, um, he said that he wants to do, he wants to do something that his father didn't do, and that is win the WWE title. Now, with that being said, I don't know many of you guys who listen to me, I don't know if you were around in the 70s, but the reason Dusty Rose never won the WWF title or the WWE title was because at that time, WWE had a heel called Superstar Billy Graham. He was bigger than life. He was way ahead of, t- of his time. He would sell Madison Square Garden because people hated him. But then after a while, he became so flamboyant. And his and his promos, that even back in those days, his promo, promos weren't even thought of. He he was like a poet. 
he wrestled. He had the best body in wrestling, even though, you know, after a couple of years, we found out he was steroids. But this is the reason why Dusty Rhodes never won the WWE title, because um, Vince McMahon Sr. did not see Dusty Rhodes as someone that, even though he was very popular in those days, he was not a bigger draw than Superstar Billy Graham. And that is why that never happened. Now, Dusty Rhodes, of course, came back in 1988 to 89 between that time. And he came back to WWE and he was put in a polka dot. Um, and McMahon just embarrassed him. The, and I'm talking about Vince McMahon Jr. right now. He embarrassed him. And, you know, it, it is crazy because he embarrassed him to a guy who was was already NWA world champion three times. And McMahon felt like, well, you are in the NWA and, and the NWA is trying to, you know, you know, try to pass us. And, you know, at that time, WWE was doing all this cartoonish stuff. And, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. To me, um, he wasn't... He wasn't used right. They had him with uh I forgot the freaking lady, the black lady. Um they they put him with. Um, but it was crazy. So, but this is why, you know, this is why um this is why, you know, Dusty Rowe was not given that opportunity because McMahon had an issue with NWA. And and you know. You know, he felt that, you know, because Dusty Rowe was the booker at NWA, along with Flair and everybody else, that he was a threat. So now Cody Rowe explained why he returned to the WWE will remain silent on his AEW exit. So again, this is coming from Fightful, and she said Cody Rose is officially back in the WWE. And he, this is what he said. Cody explained his decision to return to WWE, speaking to Variety, whatever it is. I told this man, Bruce Pritchard and Nick Khan, that this very small circle of individuals, I told them what I truly believe, and that is I am the best wrestler in the world. When I read that, I had to fucking laugh. You're the best wrestler in the world? Really? You think you're the best wrestler? Even when you were AEW, you wasn't even in the top 10 best wrestling in the world. Anyway. So uh, he continued on saying, uh, and to go further with it, I actually don't think there's a close second. Oh, God. Really? <laughs> Kenny Omega is way better than you, dude. But with that said, he opportunity now exists to prove it, and that's what I'm the most excited about. It's completely different individual returning to the game. It's different brand. It's someone who's experienced all the wonders of independent wrestling or traveling internationally or being able to get Get on the ground with the fans that make this whole shit move. But different person or not, I'm still that little kid that I mentioned in an AEW promo that I that once what my dad didn't get. And I'm not going to say it out loud because I don't want to jinx it. But, you know, he went to Madison Square Garden to across from superstar Billy Grant. He held it in his hand, the goal of mine. And it was taken away because that was the contest of the match. I understand that now as an adult, but as a kid, that was the only reason I ever wanted to get in, so I could get what he didn't, what he didn't get. Um, my opinion of that comment he made—that he is 
the best wrestler in the world. This is, I think, the reason, one of the reasons why people were hating him. His ego is bigger than his head. You actually think you're the best wrestler in the world. Now, there's nothing wrong with thinking you're the best. But even you should know that you're not the best wrestler in the world. If you was the best wrestler in the world, you don't think Tony Khan would have gave you that money? You know what I'm saying? So you're saying you're better than Adam Cole. You're better than Brian Danielson. You're better than Kenny Omega. You're better than, let's see, who else? John Moxley. I'm sorry, but the last time I checked before you became an independent darling or independent wrestler outside of WWE, you was in the mid-card level known as Stardust. Now, yeah, we understand that that's, again, that was WWE give you a gimmick, and then you left. And this is one of the reasons why I posted last night what I posted on my Twitter account, having the face of, you know, having the man with his trousers down while Cody Rhodes kisses his ass because this is what it is. Now you kiss it ass to the company that you decided to to go after, you know, and, and decided that you wanted to hurt them by taking fans away and breaking a, a replica of Triple H, you know, throne, and now you're back with them. So that right there, when I see this... I lose total respect for a wrestler because you're not a man of your word. During the week, there was people putting up his uh, AEW podcast that he was in. He said he will be AEW and he can't find himself coming back to WWE. You know, he would die for AEW. What happened to that? You know what I'm saying? And now when they were asking him about what his problem with AEW, now he wants to stay silent because you know that if you say what you really feel, it's going to contradict what you're saying, and it's the real truth is going to come out. Okay? I follow Dustin, uh, not Dustin Rose, uh, Cody, when he left to the independency. And when he became a Bullet Club member after showing up at Ring of Honor and, you know, low-blowing um, Jay Lethal in a match, um, to me, Cody, I'm like, well, you know what? Cody right now is one guy you can't sleep on. And when he went to Japan... And started this whole thing with Bullet Club uh, going after each other and all that. That, you know, Bullet Club is fine. Um, you know, I had no problem with that. What I had a problem was when they started AEW. He was the first guy to be, to get the first win at AEW against Sammy Guevara. That's number one. He was the first guy to challenge Jericho for the world title. That's number two. Number three. When Warlock first came in to AEW, who who he lost to the first time? He lost to Cody Rhodes. While Cody Rhodes did that moonsault from the top of the cage, which was amazing. I can't that. When the pandemic hit, who was the one who became the TNT champion the first time? Cody. The, the, you don't see the pattern there? And then after that, and it was crazy because uh, Lance Archer was the baddest mofo in Japan. He had just came into AEW. He made it to the finals by beating Dustin Rhodes to a pulp. And Cody ends up beating Lance Archer. And after that, Lance Archer was never the same. Okay? And then Cody, once he saw that people were catching up to his bullshit, okay, because he lost to, to Brody Lee in three minutes, but then comes back to a dog collar match and beats Brody Lee. 
who probably was twice as big as him, to get his second title reign. He beat Sammy Guevara this past Christmas, which should have never beat Sammy Guevara for the for the TNT title. He did that, and he was not under contract. He did that uh, most likely probably on purpose. And then he decided to grab his ball and left. Don't you see the pattern? This man is an egotistical guy. You know, he cares about him. And for him to say that, you know, he wants to, you know, do what his father did. His father, you know, was never, uh, that I know of, and I follow his father for many years, he was not an egotistical guy. He tried to help the young talent. You know, yes, he probably was always in the main event or something, but, you know, Scott Hall, one of the guys that, that, that you know, that just right now recently passed. You look at Scott Hall's um, um, Wikipedia, it shows that Dusty Rose was the one who grabbed Scott Hall and sent him to Jim Crocker Promotions for him to get a, his his push. But it's, it's just nonsense. It's just nonsense because now Cody's talking about, oh, he left because it was his time. No, it wasn't. It was your time because you knew you wasn't going to get the money because you was nowhere in the league of Adam Cole, Brian Danielson. I don't know about CM Punk because CM Punk been out for seven years, but but you're nowhere in the level of Adam Cole or Brian Danielson. I'm sorry. And it may not be the most popular opinion to a lot of people who are listening to this show, but let's be realistic. You know what I'm saying? He went back. Everything he said about, about you know, AEW, he, I'll die. I'm an AEW for life, I'll die, whatever whatever he said. Now, you, I saw him last night, and the first thing that came into my mind was, you know, the traitor part came. The betrayal. I felt betrayed. I, I mean, as a fan of Cody, I felt betrayed. When I, when I heard that he left, I was hoping that this shit was all ruse. But when I saw him last night at a WrestleMania against Seth Rollins, then on top it up, he beat Seth Rollins. I was like, okay, this is way that. And then I read this article that he spoke to Bruce Prichard, Tony Khan. I'm not going. I'm not Tony Khan. Nick Khan and Vince McMahon that he is the best. He thinks he's the best wrestler in the world. You know, not even there's no one second set. What? I can't. And with that, I'm like, you know what? It was nice seeing your wrestling matches while you was out of WWE. And I appreciate a lot of your matches. I can't say. But you going back to the company that you try to probably uh, try to take, you know, take their fans away. I, I don't understand. And, you know, and don't, don't get me wrong. He did some pretty good stuff outside of WWE. He was the first guy who who put together an event that sold over 10,000 people, 10,000 10, tickets, actually, in Chicago at the first all-out, uh, the only all-out. He became NWA world champion. Uh, you know, he was part of the AEW uh, promotion. You know, he was part of that. But for him to go back to the promotion that he talked a lot of crap about and whatnot and took shots at, you know, I, I I don't know. I don't know. But um, this is, to me, it was hurtful. It was hurtful seeing him there because I'm like, dude, you just, you're not a man of your word. So maybe I'm overreacting. I don't know. But I just, I, I don't know. So we'll be right back with more wrestling uh, news. The Pro Wrestling Vault. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. 
taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. WrestleVille, it's where wrestling lives. We're back, so let's talk a little of AEW. What happened this past Wednesday and Friday? Now, I didn't get to see um, Rampage because I was watching Ring of Honor Supercar of Honor, so I didn't get to see any anything from um, from Rampage. Uh, you know, so this um, this week, uh, as far as AEW, we we saw. The opening of AEW Dynamite with CM Punk versus Mass Caster. It was a very competitive match. Both wrestlers, but CM Punk gets the win again with the Anaconda Vice for the second week in a row. And then they interview him. He is talking about going after the AEW World title. Do I see him with the AEW World title? I don't think so because I think Adam Cole is going to be the guy that, um, how you call it? It's going to beat Hangman Page for that belt, and he's going to hold on to that belt until Kenny Omega comes back, and there's going to be some type of feud between that. Uh, you know, uh, what else we had here? So uh, then we had MJ promo with FTR, and FTR is was telling uh, MJ that they don't want beef with Warlow because Warlow is his boy. Uh, and, and with that being said, you know, um, it's it, it was it was kind of crazy because you could tell that the pinnacle it's not going to be around too long. It's not. Uh, you see it happening, um, and it looks like the 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 stuff with MJF and the pinnacle it's over. It's over and done with. I mean, Tully Blanchard left. Uh, you got if you guys saw Supercar of Honor, Tully Blanchard now. Is his Ring of Honor with his new faction called Tuber Blanchard Enterprise, which he has Brian Cage with him in Ring of Honor and uh Khan and a guy named Iona, and that's a tag team called Gates of Agony. So the Pinnacles is done in uh in AEW. So MJF may be running solo along with the chairman himself, Sean Spears. So within this match. Uh, not a match, but with this promo showed you that FTR is not with MJF. Jay Lethal versus Moxley. This was an awesome match, uh, which it was a dream match. A former Ring of Honor world champion versus a former AEW world champion. They both went at it. Moxley was being, I mean, physical in this match. It was an awesome match. That's all I have to say with about that because they both gave it all. But Mox wins this match, and you could tell that Jay Lethal was already frustrated, and he was was gonna turn heel. You saw it Friday at Supercar of Honor. If you didn't see it, uh, so Jay Lethal is a heel now. So it's gonna be very interesting. Uh, him being AEW, if he's gonna um, how he is gonna be perceived. But 
I mean, it looks like Ring of Honor guys and uh, AEW guys is going to be back and forth type of stuff. Um, it's going to be interesting because Jay, Samoa Joe is supposed to show up at AEW this Wednesday coming up. So that's going to be very interesting. FTR versus Gun Club. Uh, MJF comes out to be in the, at the uh, at the commentating table and while this wrestling match was going on, Warlord came out. He took about 20 security team out. And he was hitting everybody to get to MJF. Um, and security stopped him. At the end, FTR wins. But there is trouble in the pinnacle, like I just said in the beginning of this segment. So you could tell that you could see that FTR was not happy with MJF with those problems. Because they almost cost them uh, the match. So unless... I could see the gun club being part of that of the pinnacle, but it will it, it would be a watered down version. There's no way. I mean, they should have done the four horsemen when they had a chance. When they had Cody there. They had Cody, Sean Spear, FTR being matched by Tully Blanchard or Anderson, and you could have had the four horsemen, but they didn't do that. So anyway. Then we had a um Jericho Appreciation Society promo, which led to uh, Santana Ortiz and Kingston attacking uh, Jericho and his cronies in the back let them to uh, have a big fight out in the ring whatever but Jericho appreciated society laid out laid waste of all of them so it was like a five on three um, so I mean I can see they need two more Kingston Santana Ortiz are not going to be able to beat uh, Jericho appreciation society faction if you don't include two other guys can we see homicide joining that? That would be that would be crazy. It'll be cool. Jay Carhill promo. Uh supposedly Marina Sheffield is next to go after Jay Carhill and her TBS title. Brian Sanderson versus Wheeler Yuta. Now you know, I don't know if you guys know, but Wheeler Yuta just won the bring on a pure world championship by beating Josh Wood on Friday. Well, he fought Brian Dennison. Wheeler Yuta gave a run for the money to Danielson, even spit on him. But Danielson just beat the bricks out of him and made him submit. Um, so is he still going to be part of that Blackpool Comeback Club? Uh, but we'll see. And I, I thought I thought uh, William Regal was going to be at the Ring of Honor commentary team this Friday because that's what they put online, but that was not to be. So we'll see what happens. We'll see. Adam Cole had an elite celebration, which I don't know why they had this. They're acting like they they got the world title and the tag team title. Him and Red Dragon, only for Hangman and uh, Jurassic Express, come back and get the title. That was not even, I wasn't happy. I wasn't even happy about that, but whatever. Donna Rosa did a promo about her and Nyla Rose and whoever wants to challenge her. FTR promo, talk about, about the Young Bucks and the FTR ready to fight each other. And let me put it this way. As of Friday, after FTR won the Ring of Honor Tag Team titles and the Young Bucks attacking uh, the Briscoe Brothers after the match, now the match between FTR and the Young Bucks for this Wednesday is for the AAA and the Ring of Honor Tag Team titles. The both titles are on the line. So I just hope FTR does not lose those belts. So we had a uh, Owen Hart Qualifier Tournament. Uh, Bunny versus Tony Storm. Tony Storm made her debut on Wednesday. The only thing I didn't like about this, not because it was Tony Storm. I love Tony Storm. The fact that you have Bunny, who's a Canadian, 
why should she have faced Tony Storm and yet not be able to compete in this tournament when she's Canadian? Just just throwing it out there. Bunny is not Bunny's one of the first people they assign. She doesn't get treated well, as far as I'm concerned. Um, she's one of those wrestling female wrestlers who are getting better and better. Tony Storm beat um, Bunny to get qualified for the match. Darby Allen versus Andrade. This was a crazy match. This match was mostly dominated by Andrade, but his AFO came out to interfere in the match. Uh, and even even after Sting tried to help, Andrade wins. But the AFO attacked them afterwards. Sting and Darby Allen, but the Hardys came out to save them. Now, uh, not for nothing, but this Hardy tag team thing, I'm not crazy about it. Not something that I want to see. But, uh, you know, this a- AFO, why is Andrade even have an AFO hanging out with private party who are uh, mid-car guys? Uh, Blade and Butcher, mid-car guys. And I, I don't I don't understand it. I don't understand it. So it was, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. So let's go to uh, Rampage. Like I said, I did not see Rampage. So I'm just going to give you a few things. The Young Bucks versus Top Flight. This March started fast as Nick Jackson and Dante Marshall challenged each other's speed. Darius Marshall tried to wear down Matt Jackson with technical offense for the action exploded down the stretch. Darius found himself caught on the grip of the Young Bucks for a BT trigger that won it. This got messy in moments. Hmm. This got messy in moments, but it was still a fun tag sprint that especially showcased how excited Dante and Nick are in the ring. The two may be tag for most of most of the time, but that could be a great single match in the future. While it was a shame to see Top Fly lose this early, there's no shame in losing to the AEW most prestigious tag team. Top Fly will eventually beat the young boy when the time is right. That's true. You know, they gave it a B plus in this match. Then they had Sammy Guevara and Dyer Kant Best. Uh, what's it? Sammy Guevara and Dyer Ty Conte. That's Dan Lambert's car. I don't care about that. These two are beginning to be cringe. I, I don't care. This is what they're doing. Um... I really don't care. Uh, what else? House of Black versus Fuego the Store. Dark Order, Evil Una, and Stu Grayson. House of Black refused to be faced by the confidence of Fuego their store. While Fuego got fired up late and got some help from Evil Una and Stu Grayson, he was knocked out all the same by the Black Mask, taking the pitfall. Malachi Black and Brody King. And Muddy Buddy Matthew, they stick. Listen, they impressed me. This, these guys, they are going to have a trio championship. They're the first one that should get it. That's the way I say it. Fuego is a fairy underdog. Still not has not earned enough trust to believe he can win, but he makes it exciting. So there you go. Uh, the Owen Hart Foundation tournament quality, Jamie Hader versus Sky Blue. The winner of this match, of course, Blues. Uh, Hader wins this match. So And then Keith Lee versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, this has been dragging on for a while. And, of course, uh, in the end, uh, after the Maverick, he starts for a stricken four. Outside, let me see here. It said, Powerhouse refuses to be disrespected by Mark Henry in the pre-match, injury demanding the spotlight Kelly was gifted. The two men beat each other down from the opening bell, showcasing their strength, resilient, hot show that he could keep up with Lee, but he could not pull out the win. Limitless one planted Hobbs with a big band catastrophe for the victory. After the match, Ricky Stark and Swirl Strickland fought outside the... The FTW champion sent his rival to a table with the Russian bow. Team Taz then teamed up to beat up Don Lee. Hobbs spears him through the table. 
So it looks like Team Taz is going to continue to uh, feud with Keith Lee. You know, hard belly move Lee with series of shoulder blocks. You know, and you're not going to move Keith Lee. That, that guy's like a house. So there you have the AEW um, Dynamite and Review. Uh, there's also news from the uh, from AEW. Supposedly, uh, backstage fallout of Tony Khan and MJF heated exchange. Supposedly, uh, the word is that MJF went to a podcast without notifying the uh, Tony Khan and the you know public relations. And he went on and talked about him signing with WWE in 2024. And Tony Khan was not happy with that. Now, if we, if, the, if, let me put it this way. If um, AEW was to lose MJF, is that a big deal? Because in reality, if you think about it, you rarely see MJF wrestle. I mean, that's not saying that MJF can't wrestle, but he's always doing promos and doing something. And them losing MJF, would it hurt AEW? Not, not really. They still got a lot of star power there. But MJF is a guy who I personally believe brings a lot of heat. You know, the cockiness. He's young. Um, but Tony Khan being pissed at him, that's, that's not good. That's not good at all Um, because MJF's doing whatever he wants. And he keeps forgetting that you are a, you know, you have a boss. And that is Tony Khan. Unless it's just, this is all bullcrap. Who knows? But it is what it is. Booker T issue a challenge to Dax Harwood for a match. Uh, they're talking about bringing Harlem Heat back. No, don't do not. Don't do that. Don't really do that. But Dax Harwood against Booker T one-on-one. Uh, Booker T said they could do it one-on-one, whatever. That's That would that'd be cool to see. But Dax Harwood, even though he's a tag team wrestler, this guy can wrestle singles. He showed that when he wrestled CM Punk. Seth Rollins found his way talking crap, uh, you know, about AEW again. He said, I find a way that AEW doesn't mention WWE on TV to be tacky. He wreaks desperation. <sighs> really? Seth Rollins again talking crap like always. Didn't you just lose to a guy from AEW who used to be in AEW? Just kidding. Just kidding. But this was before he faced Cody um, and whatnot. So uh, that's going to be interesting. Seth Rollins again. Trying to make noise and said that you know AEW is not in the in the in the level of WWE. Of course, they're not in the level of WWE. They've been around for sixty-two years. You can't compare WWE to AEW. AEW has only been three years, going to four or whatever it's been. You know, it just it's it's, it's stupidity. It's, you know, this is what you get. Um, there was report that WWE was bringing Shane McMahon for WrestleMania weekend. I didn't see that last night. Bandito says Tony Khan buying Ring of Honor was a surprise to him. Has not spoken with him about signing. So it's funny that we talked about that because Shane Taylor did not show up at Supercar of Honor. And he, one of the guys that was pissed off that Tony Khan did not bring him in because Khan was there, who was part of Shane Taylor's promotion when there was six-man tag. And the six-man tag team titles, where are they? You know what I'm saying? Because I noticed that the tag team belts that FTR has are the old-school Ring of Honor belts. They're not with the, you know, the shiny ones. The one that Tamatanga slammed against the wall. So, uh, so you know, it is what it is, but whatever. We'll be right back after this. Hey, what's going on? It's your boy, Jada Red Sante, host of Turnbuckle Tabloid, and you're listening to the Choke Slam Wrestling Report.
we're back just to conclude this podcast on this WrestleMania weekend. There are some news to report. First one is Ace Austin signs a new multi-year deal with Impact Wrestling. This is a good move. Um, Ace Austin, who I still feel he is the future of Impact. Well, he signs a new multi-year deal, which is cool. I've seen Ace Austin wrestle live on the House of Glory show. This guy is awesome. Uh, I believe that this is a good move for Impact Wrestling. And this is what Impact Wrestling should do. Just keep your stars. Don't let them walk. Um, if you feel you don't have, you know, no, no, no use for them, it's understandable. Like for the fact you got Ziggy Dice in there, and that guy is just, uh, he's a, he's a jobber. Put it that way. He's a jobber. He's not somebody, you know, he was walking around last year talking about, you know, he was a former NWA TV champion. Um, and let's be realistic, being the NWA champion, uh, NWA TV champion or whatever, you know, it's, it's, it's a good accolade, but if you think about it, NWA has not uh, has not leveled up since they came back, I think, a couple of years ago with uh, Billy Corgan dealing with it. But Billy Corgan has no idea about wrestling. He doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, he's still stuck in the 1980s, and you know, you got Matt Cardona as the world champion, and Cardona brings a lot, a lot of uh, attention to the product, but you know, how long are you going to have Cardona as the world champion? You know what I'm saying? Um, Cardona just, I think he either beat Nick Aldis by disqualification or he just beat him. But, uh, again, Matt Cardona has done so well on the indie scene. And this is what I don't understand when you could go to anywhere and sign, make money, you know, and, you know, win championships and staying stuck in one place. And trying to build storylines that lasts five years for you to get a title shot, you know, um, I don't understand it, but it is what it is, you know. It's it's you know it's, it's crazy, but that's the way I, I I see it. Austin Ace Austin signing with Impact Wrestling for multi year deal, good move, buddy. Um, and I wish you the best of luck. Uh, Game Changer Wrestling had new tag team champions, and that is the Briscoe Brothers. Now the Briscoe Brothers as of Thursday, had three tag team belts. They had the Game Changer Wrestling that they beat uh, uh, Nick Cage and uh, Mans Warner, whatever that was. It was a three-way, I guess. They were the Game Changer Wrestling Tag Team Champion for the second time. They were the Ring of Honor World Champion for the 12th time. And they were House of Glory Tag Team Champions because they just beat, I don't know about it, you said they beat Lucha Brothers because uh, Phoenix was hurt. But they had three tag team belts this could be considered the best tag team in the world as we speak but the briscoe brothers just lost the belts to ftr on friday at supercar of honor and um so now who is the best tag team in the world people say the young bucks are the tag team the best tag team in the world i don't agree with that the young bucks i think they they, they, they do the same thing over and over they don't they you know i used to like them but when you see the same moves all the time that they use, there's no enhancement in anything they do. That, that it becomes boring. See, FTR, and I've been saying this since they they, they were in um, NXT 2014, 2016, whatever it was. I like them because they remind me of Tully Blanchett or Enzo, that old school tag team, and that's that's great, and and I love it, you know, and. I think personally they should be 
you know, they are the best tag team in the world. They got the Ring of Honor tag team titles, and now they got the Triple A tag team titles. They should put the AEW tag team belts on them. But Jurassic Express, yes, they won the belt, but they not that tag team that make you say, yo, I don't want them to lose. Now, at this point, I don't care. I think because they, they've been pushing them so hard in the beginning for them to win the belts, and they never did. So when they did win it, and now it's like, okay, now what? It's the same thing with Hangman Page. Hangman Page winning the World AEW World Championship, his run trying to get it from Omega was fun to watch. Then now, when you see him defend the belt, I mean, he had a nice, he has had nice title defenses. The best one was with him and Daniel Ryan Danielson the second time. The Adam Cole match between him, those two at, uh, at the Revolution was pretty good. But it's like, you know, the chase is over. Now what? And you know Adam Cole is going to beat him a battle of the belts. It's going to happen, you know? Minoru Suzuki did something that I believe no one has done in my 50 or 45 years that I've been watching wrestling or longer than that. 40, was it? Uh, about 50, 47? 47 years I've been watching wrestling since I was four. Uh, Minoru Suzuki did something that has not been done by any wrestler at his age. The man is almost 52 years old. This, in a matter of 48 hours, okay, he beat Effie from Game Changer Wrestling, he beat Killer Cross, and he beat Red Titus. And to make it more interesting, he beat Red Titus for the Ring of Honor World TV Championship. That is Minoru Suzuki's first. United States Championship that he ever won from any North American or United States uh, title. This is a man who's a legend. Minoru Suzuki is one of the badass dude. The biggest mistake Red Titus did in that match is slapped the shit out of uh, Minoru Suzuki. And that was a bad move because you knew you were with your ass whooped. You know what I'm saying? So, but Minoru Suzuki did the impossible. In less than 40 hours, he beat three guys I don't know about Effie, but Killer Cross and Red Titus. You know, Killer Cross, you know, he he's one badass dude. Red Titus, he's there as not the elite, but he's there. Effie, uh, I don't know. But 48 hours beating everybody and then win the Ring of Honor TV championship is it, it, incredible. I got to see, and I'm gonna close this out with the Hall of Fame this week. Um the Hall of Fame was not bad at all. You know, I didn't care for Shamel. Because to this day, I mean, and this is not going to be a popular opinion, but why is Shamel going into the Hall of Fame? Because of what? Because she was Queen Shamel with Booker T. She really didn't do much for the wrestling business. Let's be realistic. She was a Nitro girl. And, you know, I think they were just doing the doing a favor for Booker T. I, I, I don't know. Like, I could be wrong on that. I, that's just my opinion. Um, I don't think Shamel didn't bring. I mean, I, when you mention Shamel, Queen Shamel, what is the first thing you think of her? Nitro. One of the Nitro girls. That's what she was. It wasn't like, oh, she she, she used to score Booker T and that's it. But other than that, what she did? I don't even think she wrestled. I think she did. Maybe she didn't. I, I, this is what I'm talking about. This was like a film. But the rest of the Hall of Fame was pretty good. There's certain people said that if you didn't cry when The Undertaker got inducted, you know, something's wrong with you. I'm not going to use the word they use, but, you know. Uh, Undertaker getting the praise of the fans 
it didn't make me cry, but I appreciate that this is a once in a lifetime wrestler that you're not gonna see. And if you didn't enjoy his matches, and if you haven't seen his earlier matches, I would advise you to go watch them because uh Undertaker, he was one of those guys that once in a lifetime do. You know what I'm saying? You're not gonna see another guy like him. And Undertaker deserved everything that came after his career was over. He's one of the guys that that I used to enjoy watching. I used to do the, you know, turn my eyes white because I used to love it. I used to love, I mean, I loved Undertaker and I, and I can never say nothing bad about the Undertaker. His crazy match with Mick Foley when he threw him off the top of the cage is one of the, my favorite matches I saw when he just threw him off the cage and, and, and then chokeslammed him through the cage with Mick Foley's teeth popping out his nose was something that I would never forget in 1998. I just came back from a, a tour in Puerto Rico and I saw that match. I was like, wow. I still remember that clearly. The Undertaker, he will be missed. This guy was his eerie um, entrance. He, his his entry was the best entry I ever seen, to be honest. Um, I don't think there's any entry close to him at all. Um, so that was cool to see. Uh, Big Van Vader, his son, I follow his son on Instagram because I follow his father's. He, he manages his father, uh, Instagram. Big Van Vader, I don't care what anybody says, but Big Van Vader was the baddest big man in the business. And when he hit you, he hit you. And, and, and I, I remember someone saying in the, uh, the introduction or the promo where he said, you know, Vader went to Japan and bullied everybody. And that's exactly what he did. The man was 13 times world champion in three different continents. 13. I don't remember how many times he won that IWGP world title over there. I think it was three. But he was WCW. He won the belt, I think, twice. In Europe, he won that belt like three or four times. In Mexico, he was on a three. The guy was a monster. And, you know, you know, and it was about time. It was about time for him to go win. The Steiner brothers, another tag team that should have been in there, but because of the Scott Steiner situation, whatever, blah, 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 they, they held it back. And it's funny that they let Steiner get on the mic, Scott Steiner. And, and But it was great to see them get inducted. And then the last one was Chef Gaspar. That one made me teary because as a father, I know how it is that you try to be there for your kids and make sure your kids are good and you show them, you know, your true self as a man and, 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 and you know, what you try to do for your family. So that one made me teary, especially he getting the Ultimate Warrior Award, which I always was a big Ultimate Warrior like my, was my favorite wrestler back when I was growing up and whatnot. And this is why I got the name Ultimate on my podcast. And I call myself the Ultimate um, because of him. But Shaq Gaspar, and you saw JTG in there and they were showing him crying. That you could show you that's friendship right there. Because even after all this, he was there to score Shaq Gaspar's wife and his son. And it was, it was well-deserved. So I have nothing bad to say about the Hall of Fame this year. The Hall of Fame was well well done. 
I'm glad this show, the one thing I can say that kind of hurt hurt my feelings and, and I felt bad was Triple H. Triple H looked like he's miserable. You know what I'm saying? When Undertaker was talking to him, he looked miserable. He does not look happy. The guy looks, he knows he can't wrestle no more. He can't do nothing. Vince McMahon has just pretty much stomped on this man. Uh, and that was the only sad part I saw in the uh, Hall of Fame. She, again, Chamel, I don't know why they put it in there. Well, if she deserves it, she deserves it. Uh, but she's there now. Uh, I think, I believe her book is in the Hall of Fame. I'm not sure. But um, that's Harlem Heat, I think. But, um, you know, it, it was a cool Hall of Fame. It wasn't bad. Well-deserved. You know, it is what it is. That is it for me today, guys. And um, as I close down this WrestleMania weekend podcast, uh, WrestleMania 2 uh, review, I'll give it to you next week. Uh, but that is it for me. Uh, again, check my uh, my podcast merchandise store at tcwr.veryimpressive.com. That's tcwr.veryimpressive.com. Check it out, guys. You know, share this podcast. Share it with people. Um, I'm seeing my numbers going down. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's, you know, Anchor, who I download my stuff on. Uh, but I'm not getting the views that I was getting. Or I'm, or I'm hurting people's feeling, especially when I talk bad about WWE. So something's wrong because I used to get more than this. But share, 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 share with your friends. Let them know about my podcast. You can follow me on Amazon, uh, Apple, Spotify, uh, Anchor, any major audio podcast that you guys like to listen to your favorite shows. You can also follow me on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. You can follow me there. And like I said, you can also follow me on my YouTube channel. I just put a a, a video of the Ring of Honor Supercar of Honor review. Check that out. Um, subscribe to the channel. Hit that notification bell for new uploads and hit that thumbs up that will greatly help my channel. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm looking for my wrestling fans out there, my pro wrestling fans, and know that I'm what I'm talking about. So hit me up. I don't care where you at. If you're in Europe or, or in South America and in, in Taiwan, uh, Slovakia, you know, Spain, Canada, y'all guys know where I'm at. So, um, again, I, I greatly appreciate those who, who support and again, I will see you next Sunday. We're going to be talking. We'll probably review the WrestleMania night too. And, and whatever story comes up during the week. Until then, guys, have a safe weekend. Until then, top guy out. Get the music.